0: Hi, everyone. My name is Gary Baumgarten, but I expect you already know that, and I welcome you to my latest podcast. The divide between all of us is pretty obvious. It's a huge schism, but I don't think it's any greater than when we talk about the coronavirus crisis, It seems that people are taking sides sometimes for political reasons, sometimes for personal reasons, sometimes for ideological reasons, sometimes for moral ethic reasons, sometimes for medical reasons. But you either have to be on one side of this divide or the other in the minds of many of us. And I don't think that's particularly healthy. On the one hand, we have the medical community telling us what prudent steps we must take to retard the disease. And that's led to government restrictions. And those government restrictions run smack dab into the sensibilities of many Americans. People who feel that we each have individual rights, who argue that many of the regulations are onerous, unconstitutional, un-American, Many also feel that actions taken by social media companies amount to censorship. Now, just since my last podcast yesterday, Facebook pulled a posting by the president because he made a claim about the coronavirus that most in the medical community say is false. So Facebook says, well, wait a minute, you may be the president of the United States, but what you just posted violated our standards, we have no choice, we have to pull it. Well, is this Facebook protecting you and me from false information that could prove harmful to our health, or is this censorship? I guess it depends on which side of this schism that I mentioned one finds himself or herself. The president's campaign's Twitter feed was suspended from posting for making the same claims. Now, that's a private company, Twitter. That's a private company, Facebook. And their terms of service, to which we all agree to adhere when we download the program, whether we read them or not, gives them the right to do that. Whether they should or not is another question, but they do have the right. But what about all the restrictions that governments put into place? Restrictions that, because this is considered an emergency, don't follow the legislative process, but are put into place by governors and mayors and have the force of law, even though they've never been passed by the legislature or the local town council or city council. Well, starting today, people traveling to New York City have to go through checkpoints at the bridge and tunnel crossings. And if you're caught coming in from a state that has a spike in coronavirus cases, you'll be pulled aside and told to quarantine for 14 days. Now, they don't say how they're gonna enforce that, but the fact remains, you have to go through the checkpoints. Now, they're not stopping every vehicle They are randomly stopping vehicles, but still, it's a checkpoint. Some people may bristle at that. Here's an analogy. They put checkpoints up at the entrances to public transit in New York City following 9-11. They're still there, by the way. You see them at Grand Central Station. You see them at Penn Station. You see them at entrances to subways periodically, not always, they don't stop everyone. They stop people randomly, and they ask to check your backpack, your, your purse, whatever you might be carrying, your briefcase. Now, that was challenged by the New York Civil Liberties Union. And as a result of that challenge, they cannot any longer compel you to comply. You have the right to turn around and walk away. It'll be interesting to see when I Uber into the city today and I come into Manhattan at the Lincoln Tunnel. Whether, if we get stopped, I have the option of telling my driver, nah, I don't want these guys to check me. I don't want them to look in my driver's license. I don't want to give them my identification. I just want to turn around and go back. Just turn away, Renee will I be permitted to do so? I sense that if the answer is no, there may be another court challenge in the offing. That leads to another interesting question. I'm not an attorney, but if you and I are in the car and I'm driving and you're my passenger and I get pulled over and the police demand my identification, I must show them my driver's license, my proof of insurance, my registration. Now, what if they ask you for your identification? Must you show them your identification? You're not the driver. You're not suspected of any wrongdoing. Again, I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice, but I think the answer, my understanding is that the answer is no. I don't have to show or you don't have to show your ID if you're my passenger. Well, now, presumably, I'm sitting in the backseat of this Uber, they pulled me over, or my driver over, it has a New Jersey plate or a New York plate, that's not coming from a state that has a spike, but hey, I'm in the back. I could be coming in from one of those states. My driver's license, my ID may suggest that I'm not really from New Jersey. Well, do they have the right to check my ID and then tell me to self-quarantine? Or do I have the right to tell them, take a hike? I'm not so sure I know the answer to that question. But I think it's a question that may potentially be adjudicated. Oh, wait a minute. Do we even have courts? That's another issue, isn't it? Many of the new restrictions are heavy-handed, There's no question about that. In Los Angeles, they just announced, if you're holding a large party, they could come and turn off your power and your water. Just like that. Because it's unsafe for you to hold a large party, a gathering of people, no social distancing. In most cases, people not wearing masks. And the mayor of Los Angeles says, well, you could argue it's your prerogative. If you want to put your own health at risk, it's your own business. But once you leave that party and you re-enter the general community, his argument is, well, you could very well spread the coronavirus if you pick it up at that party among other people who elected to not put themselves in such a confining environment, who elected to maintain social distancing, who elected to wear their masks, why should they be put at risk? Because you aren't following the rules. Well, in the past, if you broke a law, you could get charged criminally or civilly, and then there's an adjudication You go to the courts, now they're telling us effective today, if you do that in Los Angeles, they're just going to cut off the power, cut off the water. You won't be holding any more parties there. Is it legal? I don't know. Maybe under the emergency declaration, it is legal. Is it ethical? Is it moral? Well, what about the ethics and the morality of what the people at the party are doing. And I guess my bottom line to all of this is maybe if we individually did the right things to protect our fellow Americans from the pandemic, the government wouldn't have to come down on us. Okay, those are my thoughts. What are yours? Love to hear from you, and as I like to say at the end of all of our get-togethers, peace out.